Genesis in chapter 18, 1 through 8. This is absolutely just a beautiful passage. One of my favorites with the story of Abraham. Um, it, it looks like it should be more probably in the New Testament than it does in the Old Testament. But we have this story here. It's beautiful, and we're going to look at it. We're going to see what we can glean from it. Uh, Genesis chapter 18, 1 through 8. Let me read, and then we'll get into it. Now the Lord appeared to him by the oaks of Mamre while he was sitting at the tent door in the heat of the day. And when he lifted up his eyes and looked, behold, three men were standing opposite him. And when he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the earth and said, My Lord, if now I have found favor in your sight, please do not pass your servant by. Please let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. And I will bring a piece of bread that you may refresh yourselves. After that, you may go on since you have visited your servant. And they said, so do as you have said. So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah and said, quickly, prepare three measures of fine meal and knead it and make it, make bread cakes. Abraham also ran to the herd and took a tender and choice calf and gave it to the servant and he hurried to prepare it. And he took curds and milk and the calf which he had prepared and he placed it before them and he was standing by them under the tree as they ate. May God bless the reading of his word this morning. Genesis chapter 18, 1 through 8, beginning in verse 1. Listen to what it says. Now, before we get into this, keep in mind that Abraham was about 100, close to it right here in this text. Would you consider 100 to be old? Yep, <laughs> I would. I would consider 100 to be old. And so he's close to that here, and the Lord is fixing to begin to fulfill, to fulfill prophecies and promises that he had given to Abraham. He's beginning to do that. He's beginning to fulfill those. And here Abraham is an old, he is an old, old man. It says in verse 1, Now the Lord appeared to him by the oaks of Mamre while he was sitting at the tent door in the heat of the day. Y'all, let, y'all see anybody ever um, sitting in the, in the door of their house driving down the road? Yeah. Well, yeah, you go down the road right down here. Go right down the road and you see people sitting in the doors, right? They're sitting there and it's hot, especially in the summertime. They're sitting there and it's hot and they're just on their chair, relaxing, watching the passerbys, right? Yeah. This is what's happening. Abraham is sitting there, and he's in the the door of the tent in the heat of the day. And then all of a sudden, something happens. This beautiful manifestation of the Lord appears before him. Now, by this point in the story, the Lord had already appeared to Abraham multiple times. Multiple times. From Genesis chapter 12 all the way on, the Lord had appeared to him multiple times. And so the appearing of the Lord in the Old Testament, we know to be the Son of God. We know it. We know to be the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity. And, and if we don't understand that, we cannot explain and understand the weight of the text that's before us. Anybody with me this morning? Okay. All right. The appearing of the Lord in the Old Testament is the Son of God. Does anybody have a problem with that? Second person of the Trinity. 
Colossians 1 and 15 tells us that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. So he just didn't come in the, Old Te- in the New Testament, right? But he's always been. The Trinity has always been. Before anything else, there was the Trinity. God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So for him to step out of eternity into time is nothing too small for a great God to do, right? So he does it here to one of his patriarchs to encourage his patriarchs, to speak to his patriarch, and to tell him about his promises and and to prophesy to him and do all these things to Abraham. He comes to Abraham and begins to speak and spend time with Abraham. Why? Because he's a relational God. Amen. Do you find it funny or do you find it obscure or uh, weird that the Lord would, would leave glory to spend time with us? Here he does because he's a relational God. And so he's spending time with Abraham. He wants to spend some time with him. The second person of the Trinity. The text says that Abraham was sitting in the tent door in the heat of the day by the, by the oaks of fatness. And that's what it means by the oaks of fatness. This truly, and like I said before, this truly looks more like a gospel story than it does an Old Testament story. Because we have, and, and in, the, in the gospels we see Christ walking, don't we? And he walked with his disciples. He walked and he would go and he would pass by a house. I mean, the language is so close. I mean, it truly is if you have eyes to see it. He would pass by a house and somebody would say, come in, eat with me. Or he would go to a certain house and there he would perform a miracle or there he would, he would, uh, they would have communion or their hands would be washed or their feet would be washed. Well, there ain't no difference here in what's going on in the text. Verse 2, it says, When he lifted up his eyes and looked, behold, three men were standing opposite him. And when he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the earth. Today I'm going to give you six things. And you say, well, six, that's a lot. <laughs> it is, but it's, I, don't think it'll, I don't think it'll be that long. So y'all just bear with me, okay? Uh, I'm going to give you six things that we're going to take away from these eight verses. This is one of Abraham's finer moments in the scriptures, okay? Uh, He made some mistakes, didn't he? Matter of fact, it had been 12 or 13 years since the Lord had appeared to him last. I mean, it had been a long time, and so he was very happy to see the Lord in our text. Very happy to see him. Uh, So this is one of Abraham's finer moments. He He looked up and he saw them and took off running to meet them. So let's pay attention to what's happening in this story. First, the first thing I want you to see is that Abraham is elated. He is elated. He is happy. He is full of joy to worship the Lord. Did y'all hear that? He's happy to worship the Lord. Did it say that this was on a Saturday? Or did it say that this was on a Sunday? Did it say it was on a Wednesday? Nope, it did not. As some people say, note. That's what Robert says, note. I've still not figured that out, but he says, note. And so I say it too. But this was not on any certain day of the week that's mentioned. It just says that he went out there and he ran out there and what his purpose was, was to serve and to worship the Lord. Doesn't give a day of the week. I think the point pretty clearly is that we should be doing it, what, all the time, right? 
He was elated to worship him. Remember, he knew who he was. He knew who he was. The Lord had already appeared to him. He appeared to him in 12. He appeared to him in 17. He had offered sacrifice to him in the, in the chapters between that. He had already made covenants with the Lord in those chapter, chapters between that. Promises had, been, promises had been given to him. He had dreams about the Lord and visions. So he knew who he was talking to. He knew who stood before him. He had been called, particularly by this man that stood before him. In chapter 12, remember when he says, get you out from your kindred and go to a country that you don't know of? And when you get there, I'll tell you what you need to do. Leave your family, leave everybody behind. Go. Chapter 12. So here, here, we have the Lord appearing before Abraham. And Abraham is elated. To, to run to him, to meet him, to serve him, to worship him. He's ecstatic about it. And with knowing, with knowing who the Lord is, comes special and specific duties, doesn't it? If we know him then with that comes very, very specific and very special duties on our part. Yes. Namely that of worship and service. Worship and service. If you've got a pen, you want to write that down because that's what we are designed and created to do. Yes. Yes. To worship and to serve yes. Him. To know Him Abraham knew him by faith. We know that according to chapter 12. But he also knew him because he he saw him. And you say, well, that's a contradiction. No, it's not because he still had to by faith believe in who he was. He saw him and he, he knew his voice. He knew his sound. And so here we have Abraham. He's completely elated to, to see and to worship the Lord. Abraham knew God, and today it shows that we as a people, and tell me if I'm wrong or not, have lost our zeal and fervor about knowing God. Abraham knew who he was, and because of that he got up and he ran to him because he loved him. But today it seems that so many have lost that fervor and that zeal to get up and to run to Him. Amen. They've lost that desire to know Him more. And this was Paul's cry. Paul's cry in the New Testament in the book of Philippians. In chapter 3, he says that I may know Him more. And it seems so often that the church has forgotten that and have grown cold to the state of adoration and worship and service that we are to have to the Lord. 
And we need to get back to that. And this is why I think this passage is so important when we look at Abraham. Because this was an old man. He was not a spring chicken. But yet in our text, he is excited about who God is. Who his special guest is. And so the very first thing that we have to see is that he was elated to worship and to serve. Second, look at the text. Verse 2, it says, he ran from the tent door to meet them. Was Abraham slothful in serving and worshiping the Lord? Was he slothful? No, he was not. This should convict every single one of us. Abraham was not slothful in serving and worshiping the Lord. He ran basically saying, Lord, if I have found favor with you, please, 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 pretty please with a cherry on top, let me serve you. Let me serve you. How may I serve you? And I think when we look at this second point, I think this is really the crux of the text here where he's saying, Let me serve you. As Christians, we have a tendency to forget that we do not belong to ourselves. That we are owned, bought with a price by someone else. And our responsibility is let the will of God that's in heaven be manifested on earth. And that can only happen through obedient and willing subjects. Let me serve you. And this, and this truly, it teaches me multitudes. Because we do, we, do have the, we do have the mentality a lot of times, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. Lord, I pray for this, I pray for this, 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 and this. And where he's all, are, are all in all, that's true. But at some point, we have to start serving him. What can I do to serve you better? What can I do to worship you? How can I do this? How can I be more with you and serve you, Lord? These are things that we need to be asking ourselves. How may I serve you, Lord? Lord, use me. Let me serve you. When was the last time you heard of somebody surrendering to preach? When was the last time you heard of somebody going on the mission field? See, we're getting in this post-Christian mentality. And guys, we've got to understand that just because because the world, for the most part, is not worshiping the Lord, doesn't mean that we need to negate our responsibilities in the very matter. We need to worship Him and serve Him. But it says that he made haste to serve him. He ran is what the scripture says. And so we need to make sure that we're making haste to do just that. Listen to the third point that I have. With service comes humility. With service comes humility. He ran from the tent door to meet them. And it says, and bowed himself to the earth. And bowed himself to the earth. This was almost a hundred year old man. And for men, I think that this is, this is tough. Because men most generally have a problem with pride. But here, Abraham 
At the door, he shucks pride. At the tent door, he leaves it back. And he takes off running and he humbles himself. And he falls on his face before the mighty God. Abraham had an accurate depiction of who the Lord was and he knew he wasn't worthy. He knew he wasn't worthy. So what's he do? He runs and he, and he takes off and when he gets to him, he falls on his face. Out of the sheer majesty of who he is. And this is the posture of worship. The heart posture of worship working outwardly. Just like the raising of hands... Just like the raising of hands or falling on our faces before the Lord or lifting up our voice. What does it show? It shows a heart that has surrendered to the majesty and allegiance of our Savior. A heart that's surrendered and has become vulnerable to the presence and service of God. Now, if we know that the Lord Jesus is ruling and we know that He is reigning among us, as a local assembly, as a local body, if he keeps company with the small church, if he keeps company with the few, like he did with Abraham, then we need to make sure that we are worshiping him accordingly, understanding that he is in our presence. And we forget this, I think, don't we? We sing and we sing and we sing, but we forget, wait a second, the scripture does tell us where two or more are gathered, He's with us. Yes, amen. So we need to really be, what we're offering needs to be a little bit better. Yes. We need to think about it a little bit longer. R.C. Sproul said this. Matter of fact, Reed Walters texted me this this morning. He's from Gina. He texts me, this, this, he, he texts me all the time, and this is what he texts me. Every worship service we attend is an audience with the king of kings. And it's true. And we need to worship him as such. We need to worship him as such. The fourth thing that I want you to see, verse 3, listen to what it says. And said, my Lord, if now I have found favor in your sight, please do not pass your slave by. Please do not pass your servant by. The word servant means slave. It means slave. He calls him a slave of the Lord. He wasn't ashamed to publicly confess who he belonged to. See, to be a slave or to be a servant means that you don't own yourself. Like I said earlier, we have been bought with a price. Our ears have been, been gouged through. You remember that text in the Old Testament? Our ears have been gouged through. We, we have been marked. We've been bought. And so Abraham, here he is. He is referring to himself as a slave. He was not ashamed to publicly call himself God's slave or God's servant. And this is why confession is so important. He did not deny the Lord while the Lord was standing in front of him. Did he? He didn't deny the Lord before his own family and his own wife and his own servants. 
See, this is what's taking place in our text here. The fourth thing here, he's calling himself slave. But he's doing it before not only the Lord and these two angels. By the way, the other two people that were with him were angels. You'll see that later on in the text with Sodom and Gomorrah, where those two men go and they destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. They were celestial beings uh, that, were with, that went and got Lot. That's just a sidebar there. But listen to me for just a moment. Here, Abraham, Abraham, he had a wife in the text, Sarah. But he also had a servant, didn't he? Remember that? And he confesses these things that he's a slave and he's a servant in front of these people that he loves. And so we have to be aware of that and understand that, that man... This thing that, that we're doing, serving the Lord and, and, and worshiping Him, should not just be done in, in, quiet, in the quiet of our own, uh, just by ourselves. But we need to make this thing public. We need to show others who our Lord is and who has bought us, who our Master is. And so He wasn't, he wasn't ashamed to be called a slave or a, or a servant. Listen to what it says in verse 4. Please let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. The fifth thing that I want you to see here in this fourth verse is our Lord took preeminence first in rank and order. First. He took preeminence first in rank and order. Everything else ground to a halt when the Lord appeared. Didn't matter what was going on in the house, doesn't mention it. Doesn't matter what was going on in the field, it doesn't mention it. All that Abraham was concerned with was worshiping and serving the Lord. That's all he was concerned with. In other words, the Lord took the preeminence in in, in Abraham's life. And everything else ground to a screeching halt. Took the preeminence first in rank and order. He had time for the Lord God. Let me ask you a question. Do you have time for the Lord God? These are hard questions that we have to ask ourselves. Even myself and you, we we need to ask these things. Do we have time for the Lord God? Notice with verses 4 through 8 that he not only worships the Lord, but now he is getting his wife Sarah and his servants to serve too. Y'all see that? Where the family begins to come into this thing of worship. Abraham got his family involved. Starting in the home, guys, is critical. It is critical. It's not the easiest thing in the world, but it's absolutely necessary. You ought to see the Bible studies in our house. <laughs> I can remember the Bible study that I was in as a child. I can remember where I was at, the very spot where I was at. We were in Somerset, Kentucky. I was just a wee little lad, probably, I don't know, uh, five. I was a little older than Isaiah, maybe. And I can remember... My mom and dad, we was out in the dining hall, or out in the, uh, the dining hall, out in the den. And we had a TV out there. We cut the TV off. All eight of us were in there. 
And they commence to having a Bible study. They want to have a Bible study with the family. And it's hard to do when you have eight. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. It's tough. Um, And so my oldest brother, who is a pastor, um, was laughing. He would not hush. And it just run all over my dad. And he just kept talking and talking. And I think he was talking to my youngest, my middle brother, who's also being ordained this morning as a, as a minister of the gospel. Uh, he was talking to my middle brother, and, and my dad kept telling him to hush and hush. And Now we're trying to have a Bible study during all this. And having the Lord first in your home is not easy. But the last time I checked, serving the Lord is not easy. Worshiping Him is not easy. Positioning ourselves in positions of vulnerability is not easy. And service, those things are not easy. So we're here in this family of eight and we're trying to have a Bible study. And my dad gets so mad, he slaps my brother on the back of the head and he says, Hush, we're going to have Bible study whether you like it or not. Well, by this moment, Bible study was over. Y'all understand what I'm telling you? Now, I don't know if y'all's house ever goes like that, but sometimes ours does. Does anybody want to be real with me this morning? Please, talk to me. Does your families ever get crazy like that when you go to have a Bible study? Maybe you're not having Bible studies at all. Here, in this passage of Scripture, Abraham is involving his family in the service and worship of the King of Kings. And it's hard. It's hard to do. There's a lot of moving parts. When Casey and I sit down to have a Bible study with the kids, she knows how to talk to them. And I give examples and they're just like, huh? And then Casey is is talking to them and they're coloring and they're they're interrupting and it's tough. But we got to get the family. We have to get the family involved. There's no getting around it. We have to get the family involved. Abraham did this and this is absolutely necessary. He gave the Lord preeminence. As a matter of fact, if you go into the New Testament, Luke in chapter 7, you will see where the Lord, is; his feet are washed by by a woman, um, that he's anointed by the same woman. And you see this story that is in here in the Old Testament in Genesis 18. It almost looks like one that's in Luke chapter 7, where he tells Simon Peter, Simon, since I've came in, This woman has not ceased to wash my feet. And so there's service and there is worship here going on in the text. The family should be involved. The family should be involved. And the Lord should have preeminence. The sixth thing and the last thing that I want to give to you, that was the fifth thing, that he should have the preeminence. The sixth and the last is he served with his best. Abraham served with his best. The best that he had. The best that he had. He didn't give the Lord his second best, but his first. He gave him his first. And this is convicting. It's convicting for me, and I know it's probably convicting for you if you're truthful to yourselves. Because a lot of times we like to give the Lord our leftovers, right? Leftovers of time, whatever it may be. But listen to what Abraham said. Let me serve you. I'll get water to wash your feet. 
I'll have fresh bread made with fine flour. I'll get the best of the choice calf. Not the sorry calf with an abscess on his leg, hobbling around that needs shooting. No, he's going to go get the best one. The one that's the fattest and the, the cream of the crop. He's going to get the best calf. Not only that, but also he went on and got the sides for the Lord. What did he get? Curds and milk. What are curds? Butter. David, you like butter? I like butter. There's nothing that tastes better than, I think, than fresh corn with butter on top of it in the summertime. Willie May, <laughs> she said, hey, man. <laughs> but it's true. When, here, here we have sides coming into play. And I want you just to pay attention to me for just a second. Sides are coming into play. It's not just a meal. My kids make fun of me because when their mother leaves, and y'all know this, all I cook is meat. And I put it on one plate. We all drink out of one glass. And they have to reach over and get it and dip it in the ketchup off the same plate. Because I only want to wash one plate and one glass. I don't make any sides, but when their mother is home, Casey Murrow will make sides. She will make green beans. She will make corn. She will make peas. She will make cabbage. And all of these sides. And what does a side do, Carmen? It complements the main course, does it not? And so, and so it, it better. <laughs> Is that what you said? It better. And so it complements the main course. And what do we have here? What's going on? What is taking place in our text? Abraham says, Lord, you are worthy not only of water, not only the best seat under the tree in the shade where you can cool off, where you can rest. Not only are you worthy of the best bread and of the best calf, but I'm going to give you the sides too. I'm going to give you the milk and I'm going to give you the butter to go along with your milk so you can sit and so you can enjoy what I have to offer you. And so many people are only giving him a portion of what they need to be giving him. Abraham did not do this. Abraham threw in the sides. Nothing like having some good sides. You try to eat a piece of roast without having sides. It'll get hung up, won't it? Just about. Carmen says, not if I cooked it. (laughs) Just kidding, Carmen. You didn't say that. But y'all understand what I'm saying. We have this ability to give our best, but we have to do it. Abraham was not passing up this opportunity to give. To give the butter. The butter. I've heard an older lady say it. She says, butter. He's not, she's not, he's not passing up an opportunity to give the butter and to give the milk. No, he wants the Lord to have the fixings. Besides, make everything taste so much better. And as children of God, we are rooking ourselves if we don't serve him with our very best. With all that we have. Not just a tithe. I'm talking about a tithe and an offering. If we don't serve Him and worship Him with all 
that we have. And this is what Abraham was doing. He served with his best. Everybody follow me? This is the type of reception and welcoming that the Lord deserves. This is what he deserves. Now pay attention now. I'm, I'm, I'm done. But just pay attention to him for just a second. This message of worship and, wor- and service. It's, it's, I mean, for, for two weeks have been, been really weighing heavy on my heart. And, you know, for me to break away from a text like 1 John to, to, bring a, to bring another text in the Old Testament out of Genesis is, is a pretty big deal in my heart. And so if this is speaking to your heart this morning, I pray that you would act upon it. I truly do. Um, if the Lord has called you to serve Him, do it. If He has called you to worship Him, do it. If He's called you to do it better, then you need to do it. Maybe you've just been offering the, the main course and not the sides. Not the little things that He's given to you. Maybe you need to offer those things. Don't be ashamed to yoke up with the Lord. You will never, ever regret it. Ever. So first we looked at, oh yeah, and by the way, to do this means that we have to be available. Let's just go ahead and get that out there. We have to be available. If we're not available to serve Him, if we're not available to worship Him, then we'll never do it. Plain and simple. So this looks like us making time to do that. Yes, yes. That's called putting down the busy and yoking up with the Lord. So first he was elevated to worship and second he ran to serve and worship. He made haste, in other words. Third, uh, with adoring the Lord comes humiliation and worship. He fell on his face. Fourth, he wasn't ashamed to call him the Lord's uh, slave. Fifth, the Lord had the preeminence in Abraham's life. And sixth, he gave his king his best. Now, as we close, let's ask the question for ourselves. Let's, let's each of us ask this question. Are we giving the Lord our best? And how can we serve Him more? The Lord has all given us different things. Strengths and weaknesses. How can we serve Him better? And what can we do for Him more? I want you to ask yourselves those questions. Let's pray. Father, we love you and we thank you, Lord, for...